for brothers like Kevin and sister Sandy as his wife. We thank you that these witnesses are sobering reminders of our desperate need for you and our complete inability to be the kind of people that you want us to be. We pray that by this example and the examples of others that we come in contact with, not by coincidence, but by divine appointment, that we will see ourselves truly as we are and that the desperate need we have to be in you and living in you. And we pray this in your name. Amen. Okay. Thanks, Tom. Let's, uh, let's look at the, the, the problem. And what we will do today, I think the practice, Sid reminded me, the ancient practice of great men, a quarter of a century in the making. So why don't, before you sit, sit down now, we'll all stand to read together Proverbs 16. This is uh, according to the ESV, we'll read it all together. Okay. The plans of the heart belong to a man, but the answer of the tongue is from the Lord. All the ways of a man are pure in his own eyes, but the Lord raises the spirit. Commit your work to the Lord, and your plans will be established. The Lord has made everything for its purpose, even the wicked for the day of trouble. Everyone who is arrogant in heart is an abomination to the Lord. Be assured he will not go unpunished. But steadfast love and faithfulness will make me his own world. And by the fear of the Lord, one turns away from people. But if man's ways please the Lord, he makes even his enemies to be the case with him. Better is the The wise of our 
is called to discern, and the sweetness of speech increases persuasiveness. Good sense is the fountain of life to him who has it, but the instruction of fools is folly. The heart of the wise makes his speech judicious and adds persuasiveness to his lips. Grace words are like a honeycomb, sweetness to the soul and health of the body. There is a way to seem right to man, but its end is the way to death. And the words that like words for him, his mouth urges him on. A worthless man follows evil, and his speech is like scorching fire. A dishonest man spreads strife. And a whisperer separates the most friends. A man of violence entices his neighbor and leads him in a way that is not good. Whoever opens his eyes finds his honest things. He who pursues his lips brings evil to pass. Gray hair is the crown of glory. It is gained in a righteous life. Whoever is slow in anger does better than the mighty. And he rules the spirit, and he who takes the city. The log is cast into the lap, but as every decision is from the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you, God. Uh, just a long psalm. I think uh, Sid chose it because today is the 16th, so that's, I mean, not a psalm. How was it experienced for you all, reading through 33 verses? Did it strike you as long? Yes. Lengthy yes. There's a lot in there. There's a lot in there. And yes. that's the thing that struck me as I looked at this more carefully after Sig said that's what we would be doing. And I was just saying, gee whiz, we could have stopped like it's verse 6. And it had more but you're going to see the questions on the back. And I will give your attention to those. And uh, the pra I guess the practice in the past, I don't remember this, but in the past, the great men, uh, during the Bruce Pickett era, they would take a proverb, and we, or we would take a proverb, and then we would answer these questions. Which verse stands out to you? Pick up, pick, pick, uh, pick up to three verses. Why are these verses important to you? Picking one verse, what do you think the verse is saying to you today, given the life's circumstances? And how are you going to apply these verses to your life? Whereas Bruce Pickle would say, what are we going to do with what we just learned? I urge Sig to remove that last uh, uh, question because I really don't like applying scripture in my life. <laughs> I just really read it for entertainment. Makes me feel good, but I don't have to do anything about it. Okay, I was just joking about that. As well as the giving of money to James Henry. But anyway, so there, there, take these questions, look at them, pick something out, let's just start the discussion. Yeah, sure, go ahead, please. I like verse 31. Okay, you like verse 31, which is, let me remind you, gray hair is a crown of glory that is gained in a righteous life. Okay, that's good. I think those who don't have hair as they get older are probably kind of in a righteous life. That's a bad exposition. Okay, what else? I'll get serious. Well, I'm serious. I was going to pick that one. I was going to pick 31. I looked around. 
And I come here because I see a whole lot of people that have a lot more gray hair than I do. Yeah, right, so. So what's, what's the, what's that mean? Okay, good. Uh, very good question. I thought, actually, I read that today, and I, this morning I thought about that. Very good question. Okay, what does that actually mean? Is it just kind of a, I mean, I'm looking at everybody with gray hair. Some have no hair. Um, and what does that mean for bold people? Well, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, see, you've asked a serious question, and I think it really applies to a lot of things. So, did you have some thoughts you wanted to lead with? <laughs> no, other than I may be, or at least I'm close to the youngest person in the room. You are? Yeah. I only know how to be 45. Yeah. And I look at my kids and I'm like, well, I don't even understand that. And yeah. Well, I don't know, my 15 year old's never been 45. Yeah. And how do we, and you have more experience bridging that gap from where you're at to don't make my mistakes. Yeah. You know, summing up Proverbs, right? Yeah. Don't make my mistakes. Right. Um, I mean, the difference between your age and your son's life is equal to the difference between your age and my life. Right. <clears throat> if we think about that. Or thereabouts. Okay. Well, and I think about, I was sent to, by my company to England. It was a wonderful assignment. I mean, I got paid extra money to be there. They gave me a car, a house, no I mean, all these things came to me in, in my 40s. And I got there and I was, and I complained about the about the fact that I complained to the company I wasn't getting paid enough to be there. Well, I, I, I banked almost all my paycheck because the only expenses I had were food and petrol. And, uh, and I still had an attitude of ingratitude. And uh, so I would not have that same attitude today, 30 years later. Yeah. So that would be an example. Okay, but, but Donald, please. Uh, yeah, I, I think Number one, I think that we have to realize that these proverbs are general principles. Mm -hmm. um, uh, they're not, I mean, all of the Word of God obviously is for our instruction. Um, they're general principles, not you know, definitive, absolute um, uh, statements that can apply all the time. Um, Obviously, are you know. saying they don't apply to you? This verse does not apply to you. Yeah, because I'm bald. Well, that's the point. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were getting around to that. No, no. I, 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 it's also uh, important to um, uh, realize that, um, and this this might be a translation issue. Um, in the ESV, it says it is found in the way of righteousness. In the New King James, there's uh, the word if. Mm -hmm. is in italics. So it says the silver-haired head is a crown of glory if it is found in the way of righteousness. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. I, I can think, for example, of um, oh, I don't know, let's take that Vladimir Putin. I mean, he's getting up there in age and I, I don't suspect that uh, his uh, head is a crown of glory in, in the spiritual sense um, because uh, you know, he's certainly uh, not what I would consider to be a uh, man who lives uh, a life of righteousness. Um, okay. 
I have a number of thoughts on this. Thank you, Doc. Any any other thoughts about that? that's a good question? Because this is a, this is a proverb that you know is often joked about. Uh, but what what do you think that means? What's the application of that? I think you have to look beyond the hair. Okay, look beyond the hair. Old aged man. Yeah. Wisdom. 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 Yeah. Elders bring wisdom. Elders bring wisdom. Now, we're living in a society today that does not honor and respect wisdom. Mm-hmm. Like a hard game wisdom. You all know, my wife and I are huge Anglophiles. So I've been glued to the set on the, the funeral and everything that's... Uh, that has taken place when the casket is the coffin is brought into Westminster Hall. The Westminster choristers break out in Psalm 139. It was, I mean, it was profound. Everything has a meaning. And yet we receive, we, re- we read of, of uh, individuals with some status in this country talking very disrespectfully about the Queen. I was thinking this morning. <laughs> The younger generation loved Princess Diana. That was huge coverage. And yet, I was reading this morning, even online, folks that were complaining, why are we doing so much coverage of the Queen? I mean, I can understand in England, they would say, but why are we doing it in the, in the Commonwealth countries, in Nigeria, in America? I mean, the Queen is really that, no, no big deal. But yet, they wanted to honor Diana, but what did Diana do? I mean, Diana was a very troubled person. She lived a short period of time, and there was all kinds of disruption in her life. But the queen was just steadfast. And, uh, and that's why I honored her, because she stuck it out for 70 years just to stay stable and keep uh, the country uh, on a stable course without trying to side. And I just thought, there's wisdom compared to lack of wisdom, and it seems today I mean, I was at a, I was at a, a fundraising, big fundraising conference, 500 people there. They had a speaker, a young woman. And I thought she was clever. I thought she was arrogant. And she, wanted, she talked about it's time that we need to get rid of those who are male, pale, stale, and frail. <laughs> and everybody laughed. Wow. And they thought that was very funny. And I, and I was at a table of nothing but women. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was like, so I, I, I said I was very upset about that. I found, I found that very offensive. I mean, what am I lived all these years for anyway? But not to gain some kind of insight and wisdom into things. And, uh, that, and they said I was overreacting. Yeah, so liberals are offended. That's well, terrible. Whether they, I mean, whether liberal, I'm not saying. I'm just saying the whole culture de- demeans wisdom. The gray hairs. We pay a price for this. You know, we arrive at this age, and then it's like kind of like uh, it's kind of like God's cosmic joke on us. Because when we finally arrive at this age and have some wisdom, I mean, you say, "I got it," and then you die. I mean, it's like you can't. I mean, it just. Like when we finally start to see how life fits together and what's important and not important and what to worry about and not worry about, we die. I mean, when I was younger, when I was in my 40s, I worried about all the wrong things. And now 
you know, I begin to say, I still worry about a lot of those things, but it just says, you know, I realize it's not worth it. It's just irrelevant now the things that the world says are important. So anyway, those are my thoughts on that. I just, I think that speaks to the whole thing with the, the, the queen and her funeral and what she stood for. You know, she was not the prime minister. She was not the parliament. She did not control the laws of the country, but she set a standard. I think that's one good reason to have a monarch, by the way, as well as a president. The president had a monarch, because the president is the head of the government, the monarch is the head of the state. And if you can hate Trump, but if you love the queen, then you're, you know, it still it means you're proud of the leadership of the country. But that's another question altogether. I don't want to get off of that, but that's an excellent question. We do not honor and respect uh, wisdom earned the hard way. We honor and, and respect uh, the most clever and uh, novel things that come down the pipe. Okay. What are the, that's, thanks a lot. Any other thoughts on that? Uh, sorry, I broke into sermon. Her lecture number three thousand four hundred thirty-two. I apologize. Go for it. I mean, it just it's yeah. I like the four. Number four. Okay. The Lord has made everything for its purpose. Even the wicked for the day of trouble. Me too, Bishop. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. I was going to bring that up. Yeah, what did you like about that, Bishop? Well, it celebrates the sovereignty and the wisdom of God. Yeah. And you can rest in that. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of evil in the world. There's a lot of pain. And here we find out that God even has a purpose for that. Yeah. Nothing, nothing is too great for the Lord to cope with. And it drives you back to texts like, have no anxiety, your heavenly Father knows that right. you need these things, he'll provide them. Right. He takes care of the birds, he takes care of the lilies, he'll take care of you. Yeah. Yeah. And that's been true in my life. Okay. Keep going. Okay. I am, I'm going. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we, we appreciate your wisdom, Bishop. <laughs> He's earned it the hard way. He's And I always, I always respect and listen to, even in business, those who paid their dues. I'm just, I always like to hear what they have to say. Uh, the Lord has made everything, everything, everything for its purpose. The, yeah, the thing I, uh, I use that the argument uh, either either atheists you know hate God because of the evil in the world, yeah. or there, there are some theologies who say that God never wanted Adam to fall. Yeah, and and I and I say that uh, two things: without evil, you we really can't recognize goodness of birth. Mm -hmm. The second thing about evil is, is that if there is no evil, if there is no purpose in evil, then God is evil. Yeah. Because it was gratuitous. You know, think of all the suffering. If all the purpose is suffering, then he would be evil. Right. So yeah. There has to be a purpose for it. He kind of steps aside and says, Ooh, this is messier than I thought I was going to get. Yeah. So I'm, I'm yeah. just going to take a nap. Or I'm going to watch TV now, God says. Or as it says in the, in the test of the prophets of Baal on Carmel, maybe your God has gone aside. Maybe he stepped aside you know, they, to relieve yeah. himself. Yeah. 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 yeah, Maybe he just, this is just a little bit too big. This is above his pay grade. Okay. What other songs? We're talking about the questions. Which verse stands out to you? Pick uh, one, uh, or what are, why are these verses important to you? And pick one verse. What do you think that verse is saying to you, given your life's circumstances? Okay. 
Just pick one. Pick a, pick a verse, any verse. I mean, there's lots of stuff here. Yes, go ahead. I don't have my glasses today, so I can't see. It says something that he rules the spirit is better than he captures the city. Something. Oh, uh, yeah. Where's that? The king? Yeah, down there near the bottom. Yeah. 32. 32. 32. Okay, whoever is slow to anger is better than the mighty, and he who rules no. the no. Yeah, no, that's good. Yeah, and though he no. who rules the spirit, then he who takes the city. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. Well, I mean, you know, I struggle with anger. Yep. Temper. struggle with and it's, you know, I read verses like that, it's, they're, they're very encouraging to, right. to, uh, to press on, to, to struggle, to fight, to control that kind of Right. You, you, need, you need to read 29, man of violence entices his neighbor, leads him in a way that is not good. <laughs> when you're, well, Rich is aware of that. That's, he knows that's his father. <laughs> He knows he's a, a man of violence. He entices his neighbor. He understands that. You know, what do you think that anger is all about? I'm not trying to get psychological, but I think anger is rooted in uh, in a basic uh, human psychology need, which I think it's the need for justice. And you get angry because you can't affect justice. You can't make it right for you. So you're going to make it right. Or for others. Or for others. Yeah, you can, you can always, you know, kind of slide it off. Well, I'm really not angry for myself. I'm really have this righteous indignation on behalf of <clears> others. <throat> I don't trust that. I think Jesus was the only one that had righteous indignation on the, for the benefit of others. Yeah, so. I mean, I remember I was on a march for life. Uh, a number of years ago, and uh, one, you know, after you do the march, then you go visit your congressman. And so we went and visited. Uh, oh gosh, this will date me. Who was the uh, the senator from Pennsylvania that switched parties? It was uh, Arlen Specter. <laughs> we went to Arlen Specter's office, and we wanted to see him. And uh, his staff came out and said, "Well, you know, he's not here." And this kind of thing. There was a woman in that group that started yelling at the staff and calling them names and using obscenities. I mean, this is supposed to be a maybe a Christian march of some kind. She went after that staff member, and I people were telling her to calm down. She wouldn't calm down. Well, at that time, we were going to Northway, and I think they emphasized like gifts of the spirit and demonic possession. So I went to her, and I said, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. I rebuke you. You, you know, you'll leave this. I mean, I did. I just put the power of Jesus on her. Probably wouldn't do that now, but uh, but I did that at that time. And she looked at me and she said, "Are you crazy?" I said, "No, you're crazy." <laughs> and I continued to rebuke her, and she put her head down and walked away. But she, her anger was so great. What for? For murdered unborn babies? Maybe, probably not. At its root, it probably originated with some kind of anger on her part. And she was displacing that. So she would be righteous. Maybe she couldn't be righteous with her personal anger, but she certainly could be righteous on behalf of, 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 uh, of abortion, abortion babies. Okay. And, I mean, it just, yeah. yeah. And, and, what, and what complicates things, too, is that the Bible uh, commands in Ephesians 4 to be angry and not to sin. Yeah. And so I think that you know, there is... 
such a thing as righteous anger. I just don't know if I have that yeah. 99% of the time. Right, yeah, 99% of the time. It's better to be quiet. Yes. And, I, and I think, Rich, you might say, whoever is slow to anger is better than the mighty. Is that what we're, where we are 32? Yes. And he rules his spirit. I think over time you've matured and gotten better at that. Would that be a true statement? I, I would yes. say yes. Yeah, I, yeah. I think that's probably happened to you. I don't experience you as an angry person. But then I've never seen anybody cut you off in traffic. <laughs> or, or, or your wife to rain on your parade one more time. And I, I, my financial advisor, once I came into the office while I was having a meeting when he came in, he said, why does my wife have to rain on my parade? You know, you've got a great idea. He said, no, that won't work. <laughs> yeah, Mike, go ahead, please. Yeah, Ted. Um, you know, in all seriousness, um, you know, sometimes we don't take some of this stuff seriously enough. Um, you know, we know the scriptures say to be slow to anger. Yeah, I'm sorry, can you speak that there? Yeah, just sure. Yeah. And we know the word says to be slow to anger, slow to speak, and quick to hear. And that, uh, you know, a lot of times people's anger does, does not go, um, does not come with any seeming consequences, right? Yeah. Um, and, and I'm specifically addressing the church here. Um, you know, in this last period of years in the United States, there's been a lot of turmoil, um, a lot of division. Yes. And I've seen people who were in the church with absolutely, absolutely no ability to govern their own um, anger, thoughts, and time. Preach it, brother. Preach um, it. It's been very uh, disappointing. I grew up at well, I grew up fighting, or not not from a kid, but I was a fighter. And like an learned, extra boxer? You learn from martial arts. Martial arts. And you learn very quickly that your anger, you know, your anger will get you hurt. Yes. You know, you got to stay calm. Because you, you can't learn in an angry state. Um, you have no, no humility in an angry state. And it is arrogance to think that your anger... Um, um, need to be held up higher than, than other people's um, thoughts, rights, or opinions. So it's been disappointing because we read, like you said um, earlier, you're joking about how we read this thing that's not supposed to apply to your life. Yeah, and so we don't take this stuff seriously enough. And there have been times when I, I you know, selfishly wish that people could um, receive the consequences of what what they, they uh they're putting out, you know, because um, it, it might be a good lesson. So, no, uh, you're right. And we've got to remember that most, as Don would say, 99% of our anger is self-righteous anger. And we think we can say it and get away with it because it's a righteous cause. But the scriptures in many places warns us against that. And you're, that's an excellent point. The, and, we say, and you say in a debate, the person that gets angry has already lost the debate. That's just, that's a fact of the matter. The person who gets angry in martial arts and reacts that way has already lost the match. <coughs> yeah, right. Yeah. And, it, it, and, and more than, it, and most importantly overall, it, it, it does not glorify the Lord. No. You know, well, it, it says that God really doesn't have the final say. I need to jump in the gap and do something for God. And we will, and we will lambaste 
theologies that say you need to add salvation to faith. I mean, excuse me, add works to faith. We say those are awful things. You're saved by your faith. But yet we think we need to jump in and do some work for God or else God's going to drop the ball. I mean, that's always the concern, isn't it? I mean, our worries, our anxieties, and the anger that's reacting to that is to say, maybe this time God will drop the ball. You know, maybe indeed, like the, like uh, Elijah said to the uh, pre the, the prophets of Baal, he said maybe God is going. Maybe God's left the scene. God is off the stage. He'll, uh, maybe he'll come back, but you know, in the interim, I got to fill in for him. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's true. We, we've seen this, and it just is justified in our own minds. It's a great wickedness. Mm. Yeah. And the, on, on the other side of that, yeah. um, exercising. Um, what it says here, um, it, 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 is, it is effective. Um, now, it's not effective because I've seen it. It's effective because the word says yes. You know, if you practice it, it does have um, tremendous benefits. Yeah. Because I've been both. <laughs> I've been a mad God and an unmad God. Right. Mm -hmm. And by the grace of God, we can reflect Christ, uh, his life. And when we have a question. So, you, that kind of brings me to think about number 18, right? Pride goes before destruction, right? <laughs> so, and, and, when, and, and I know I even kind of weigh this out a lot too, but like when you see people that are really angry or passionate, is it really their agenda or is it God's agenda, mm -hmm. right? And, and so I, I think it's good to be passionate about something that you care about, but even myself, I sometimes don't know what is important. Like, how, what do I, is it really that important for me or is it okay and I can let it go? Like, yeah. you know, I have some values, obviously, like my family and things like yeah. that, but I struggle, honestly, a lot to know when, like, my decisions are sound. Like, what am I putting my decisions in? Because if I had something that told me that, then I know I can be passionate about it. So, and I find myself going back to scripture a lot because, like, if I find something there that is solid and grounded, then I can be confident in that. Yeah. That's a, that's a big deal to me. Yeah. Excellent. Bishop, were you going to say something? I was just trying to think. I was talking to a, a lady who had been a teacher, and she was describing the situation today in many schools where the teacher is no longer permitted to discipline the students. Right. Yeah, it must be an incredible experience to have all these, you know, young fallen kids, you know, doing their thing, and and you can't send them to the principal. You can't do any. And, and so I, I got angry. Because it's unrighteous, I think. Yeah, it is. Now, if I stick in that anger, then I'm not, not going to do anything for it. It's it's, but it. It seems a righteous thing, even though I know my righteousness is always mixed with evil by my own. I've yeah. got to be careful, but but it does happen to you when sure. when you see this. You just say, "Well, that is not right." Yeah. Well, I'm angry about Kevin's cancer. Yeah, yeah. But if I stay there, I can't do anything for Kevin or his That's family. That's right. That's what you can't I mean, stay. I there. can't stay there. I mean, if we got upset about all the things that were going wrong in this world, we would be unhappy and upset all the time. Absolutely. And there are people who live that way. Yeah. 
Yeah. And I don't want to be one of those people. No, no. I mean, we talk about uh, the schools or, or business <coughs> situations, but I just think about marriage. You know, I think about, well, they're dying and did it again. I hope they're not recording this. But <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean and, and I store that up, and then when I've got her in a place where I can really give her a good shot, yeah. it comes out, and after a point, I say that. I mean, that was a really stupid thing to say. And it was not good. And then, then I've got to apologize afterward. I wish I were. I wish all men like, uh, or like I was. I am. Oh, yeah. That's right. <laughs> but if you're unable to control yourself. That's right. That's, that's right. right. Exactly. I was one of those out of control. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It, it just is. It, it will make you despair about your own salvation if you think a lot about it and don't let say God has the final say yeah. on all of this. You will de absolutely despair. Yeah. And I think sometimes we need to throw our congregations into despair so that they get sobered up and see the, the issues of it rather than trying to smooth everything out. And don't worry, it's going to be okay. Well, no, it's not going to be okay. It's going to be catastrophic, but you know, God does have the final say in this. Okay, what are the thoughts? What are the problems? Yeah, go ahead. I'm just listening to what the bishop said about uh, no discipline in schools. Yeah. I went to a Catholic grade school. Oh, yeah. There was discipline. <laughs> yeah. There's not only discipline there, but if you got discipline there, you went home and your dad disciplined you. That's also. right. That's, That's right. right. That's right. Yeah, they did a great job. You were in trouble both places. Yeah, I knew that. Yeah. And just another uh, thought on anger, you know, um, and, and it's been said, uh, it's been touched on here already, but. We live in a society that is just saturated in anger. Right. Uh, I mean, the the divisiveness, the the, 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 the the politics, the whole thing uh, is just almost at a fever pitch. Like right. I, I've never seen before no, in my lifetime. You know, I mean, um, who was it? Um, President. Reagan, Ronald Reagan back in the day, and Tip O'Neill, I mean, they were on the opposite sides of the pole, and yet afterwards they could be friends and have dinner together. Right, yeah, right. And it's no longer the case. Right. And that, that just you know, uh, says to me more than ever that we have to, as Christians, just saturate ourselves in the Word and in the truth about God and, and realize that God does have the final say. Right. And encourage each other in that. Mm -hmm. And I think, of course, I think the, the great culprit for our culture, not that I want to get off on that, is the amount of uh, knowledge and communication. Because everybody's righteous indignation, self-righteousness, gets broadcast everywhere all the time. Yeah. You listen to these famous people and how many death threats they get. I, know, okay. right, yeah, it's, I mean, there's got to be... It's incredible anger rolling around. Well, isn't one of the signs of the end times is that knowledge will increase? Yeah. And we're certainly swimming in that right now. We're, we're swimming unprecedented. In numerous studies, uh, I listened to Jordan Peterson and his guests and his lectures, and they, they can demonstrate that starting like, what, 2012 or whatever the year was, that we begin to get the advanced uh, uh Help me out. You know, 74 years old, I have no idea. Communication. Social Communication. Media. What? Social media. Social media. That's where the big explosion we can definitely see. 
you know, riots and suicide at that time, all kinds of other social mal maledictions take place at that time. So that's what we're swimming in, brothers. And everybody gird up their loins. Uh, you know, I just, I was with a fellow from my church the other day, and he had left a nice job, and now he's 75 and doesn't know what to do with himself. And I think his job is to come into our church and, and strengthen it, because he said that I, I think the times, the trials are coming for the future for us. And we cannot get caught up in the way the world thinks. So the woman who's going to Arlen Specter's office and screaming at the staff, you know, would it, would it have not been more powerful for everybody to get real quiet and have a prayer meeting? Mm -hmm. I mean, I didn't agree with Arnold Specter at all, but they chose anger rather than uh, than you know, ministering in the spirit. Okay, what else? What other questions do we have? Yeah, go ahead, please. Okay, this, this conversation about anger reminds me of what Bruce Bickle used to say. Do you remember the little card that he put out? <laughs> One side said. I think it said feel, then act, and yeah. then think yeah. is the way of the world. Yeah. But we're supposed to think and then act and then feel. Right, yeah. So anger is the is the emotional response, but right. we're supposed to move past that and, and use our our brain to think through the process. Right, that's right. But it's the card. Remember the card that Bruce? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Oh, yeah. Sure. <laughs> oh gosh, you still have it. You know? You this man is really saved. <laughs> <laughs> this is his card. <laughs> but it says think, what, feel, act, think? It says uh, feel, act, think, and then the, when you're transformed, you think, act, feel. Right. Yeah. Right. We just need to encourage ourselves. We're all tempted. We're swimming in this sea of, of deception and lies, and we just need to encourage each other. Hence the importance of really strong preaching in our churches, Bible-centered expository preaching, the absolute essential nature of that. There was, a, there was a major church in this area recently that made a decision to start ordaining women in their church. I listened to the 25-minute explanation by the pastor and the theologian and, the, uh, and one of the uh, staff members on that. I think it's not a good idea. And if it's a good idea, we need to take more time to implement it, okay? That's just where I am. But I was interested in how they came to the decision to do that after having decades of not doing that. And again and again, they were saying, we feel, we, we, you know, we, we, we fasted and prayed. And as a result of that fasting and praying, we know this is a good decision. Well, you know, you can fast and pray and go right against the scripture too. So, it, I mean, it just, we're, we're kind of all, we're swimming in all of this. We have to say, stop, time out. Uh, what words are you using to determine where the church is going? Is it that you feel things, you're, you discerned it, whatever that means. We fasted and prayed, and that's why we think this is a good decision. And, uh, and there was precious little reference to scriptures. Yeah, so, I mean, you may be on the other side of that issue, I understand. Uh, I'm just, I just was struck by the way that the decision was made. And that message goes out every Sunday from those pulpits. That's the way to discern the truth about God and the way ahead. And they would say, we're not like the world, but that gets to be like the world. Okay, other thoughts?
David is shot. Uh, the highway of the upright turns aside from evil. It's 17. The highway of the upright turns aside from evil. Whoever guards his way preserves his life. And it kind of ties in. Let me just read that again so everybody can hear it. This is verse 17. The highway of the upright turns aside from evil. Whoever guards his way preserves his life. I was tying it into what Bruce's little card. Right, yeah. And uh, the think, act, feel, act, both the feel, act, act, think. Yeah. Okay, what else? Gosh, this is so full of meat, guys. Now, you've said a lot. Let's I know. Yeah, well, maybe it's important. <laughs> no, no, let's come else. Okay, does somebody else, please, before Don speaks, jump in, please. The sweetness of speech increases persuasiveness. Okay, go. Yeah, so in the situation, my eldest son, I mean, maybe back into the house, and he Can you give a walked, away from, walked away from the faith. Yep. And there's plenty for me to get mad and angry and scream and yell and stomp, but it's not going to be persuasive. So I praying for graciousness to yeah. deal with the situation and try to use the sweetness of my talk persuade him. This is the way we need to proceed from here. Yeah. So that was beautiful. No, that's beautiful. I mean, okay, yeah. I mean, the scripture is full of sweetness of talk. I mean, precious things in here for your son. But you want to make it right. And the way to do that is to lay down the law or let him see the error of his ways. I know we're we in we're in terrible shape. We are. I'm just like you. I am in the same. I'm going through a family situation with my family now, and and, and I just want to. I mean, I want to. I want to level the field completely. Yeah, I want to do that. It's all I can do to restrain myself, because I don't believe God can take care of it. That it really comes down to. It's very simple. God drops the ball. He's gone aside. He's not here. He's got other things to worry about. He can't do it quite as well as I do. Maybe he doesn't quite get what the problem is, Lord. Maybe you really don't understand what the issue is. I've got to clarify it to you, Lord, and clarify it to that person. You know, son, daughter, whoever it is. Yeah. It's a, it's a pitiful scene. It really is. We need a Savior so bad. We need a Savior. Yeah. So we struggle with unanswered prayer. Oh, yeah. yeah and I'm in that right now. It's like, Lord, where, where are you? It's yeah. The same thing, family situation. You're praying for these kids yes. day in, day out, day in, day out. And you see nothing. It's just, God, where are you? Yeah, you ask yourself that. Well, you've got to also ask yourself, maybe God drops the ball. I mean, that is an option. I mean, come on, Rich. Maybe God just, did, just didn't. Doesn't really care. Well, Maybe this is all kind of a head game you're playing. We're, it's, we're impatient with his timing. Yeah, I mean, you say, I mean, in the end, so much of faith, I think, Ted Wood thinks, so much of faith is really two options. It's a, you, have, you have the option. Either God is who he says he is, or he's not. That's right. Mm -hmm. 
And we always have to ask ourselves that question. It doesn't make you feel any better. You're still grinding your teeth. That God, you're not answering. You're not showing up. I mean, I've, I've heard sermons. God's going to show up, right? I mean, the checks, I'm going to go out to the mailbox and open up and the checks there that I didn't. This kind of these stories, you know, we all hear them. And then God doesn't do anything. He's, he's absolutely silent. And that's where we get to the place where we say, well, okay, what are the two options? Either it's not real or it is. I mean, really, what, do, what am I left with? I don't like the fact he's not showing up and talking. But what, what, what other option do I have? You got two options. Yeah, go ahead, Bishop. You got the option of having the problem, or you can have the problem with God, God in the picture. Yeah. It, Either way, you, you still got the problem. <laughs> you might as well do it with the Lord, the Lord in the picture. I mean, it's a reasonable conclusion to draw, isn't it? Right. It doesn't take a lot of faith to come to that conclusion. <laughs> you know. Monica prayed for Augustine for 20 years. Yeah. yeah. Monica. That was that Lewinsky? No. <laughs> Monica okay. Monica was the mother of Augustine, who wrote one of the great the greatest theologians in church history. And we can thank him for emphasizing strongly the doctrines of God's sovereignty and election. But he was a he was a real bad guy. He had a girlfriend. He had a he had a living girlfriend, didn't he, when he got converted? Mm -hmm. Then he walked away on her. What? He and then he walked away on her. Yeah. When he got converted. But his mom he prayed for him. Monica prayed for him. Prayed for him. And uh, the story goes that he was once sitting down thinking about all this stuff. He was not a Christian. And he heard some children playing nearby. And there was a game. And they repeated Pick the words in that game. Pick up and read. Pick up and read. And he had the scriptures next to him. And he picked up and read. And, I, and, it, and, he, was, and he was converted. Make no provision for... Make, no provision for the flesh, yep. but uh, you know that. Make no provision for the flesh, but I'm sorry. See, there you go. Uh, but it was just, Struck I mean, conscience. Monica prayed. Monica probably thought, well, you know, the check's going to be in the mailbox, right? No. There's some kids playing next to my son, and they're playing a silly game that we all know, but the line in the silly game is the kids keep repeating, pick, pick up and read. And it was what caused him to come to Christ. You know. It just, it's amazing, isn't it? I guess God showed up. Actually, he did show up. He did show up in that children's game mm -hmm. while Augustine was sitting there, fairly satisfied with his pagan life. Okay, what other? Um, anything else? We're just, I think we're just about over. Was that, was that helpful, worthwhile to talk about? Very powerful, isn't it? I mean, we're all struggling with it. I struggle with it mightily. Mightily. There's quite a bit in this chapter about anger yeah. and, uh, yeah, and yet, bad uh, behavior. And yet the opposite, in verse 24, pleasant words are like a honeycomb. Yeah. Sweetness to the soul and health to the bones. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. I think with, uh, with this idea that God is... Is God who he says he is, and is he going to do, why is he doing something for him? I think if we take those words of pick up and read, 
and we take what Pastor Craig's been saying here, and if we actually, if Jesus is who he says he is. Yeah. We believe that by faith. I know some people don't, but when we do believe that by faith, we're left with a different question. Do we like that or not? Oh, yeah. Ooh. And, <laughs> and he said, well, when you pray, pray in this manner. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And we get so frustrated, we want that now, but we want it our way. Yes. Right. Yeah. And the, in, these, in these prayers, boy, we really take him seriously that he meant pray this way. Yeah. You know, thy kingdom come. God help us to trust that his way is better than ours. Thank you for your words this morning. Oh, that's so true. You know, when you, and that's it. When you pray, how should we pray? When you pray, say, Our Father, your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. God says, is that okay with you? <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, let's pray. Lord Jesus Christ, we, in times like this, we're, we're struck by our own inability to do and to live and to think as you have called us and given us the grace to do. We pray that you so convert our lives that we will not only be a witness of your glory in ourselves, but to the world. And we pray this in your name. Amen. 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 Okay. Amen. Oh, good for Ted. Nice try. <laughs>